0: Hi, my name is William Toady, retired Navy captain, former commanding officer of USS Indianapolis submarine, former chief executive officer of Spartan Corporation. And again, my book is From CEO to CEO, a practical guide for transitioning from military to industry leadership. And again, I'm doing these podcasts to try to explain a little bit about what is in each chapter of the book. Today, we're going to cover chapter four. Targeting the right company, so let's get into it Today I'm going to talk about the different kinds of companies you're going to encounter in your job search. The chapter covers the different company structures, public companies that are whose stock is traded on public stock markets, like the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ, and private companies. Now, private companies can be owned by a single individual, usually the founder or a collection of individuals uh, that will oftentimes own stock in the company But the stock is not traded on a public stock exchange. So you wouldn't see its stock listed anywhere. And SpaceX would be an example of a very large, very successful private company. Whereas Tesla, also founded by the same guy, Elon Musk, is a publicly traded company with stock that you can purchase. So those two examples of the difference between public and private companies. Now some private companies are owned not by an individual, but by a company, like called a private equity firm or PE firm. And oftentimes, it'll be a group of PE firms using a collection of both capital and debt instruments to buy a company. So there could be all kinds of different ownership structures involved in owning private companies. I also talk about the difference between for-profit and nonprofit companies, and the difference in structure, their advantages and disadvantages to each, and in the fact that both of them, whether it's for profit or nonprofit, will have boards of directors which may influence the kind of job that you're looking for. And it will certainly influence the compensation scheme that the company provides. that for-profit companies are generally a little bit more generous in compensation than non-profit companies are the chapter also talks about the different kinds of businesses including product businesses and service businesses there are advantages and disadvantages to each the advantage of a product company is you get to see the developmental life cycle of a product and if you're working in a defense product company it's very likely that the product development cycle of that product is very similar to something you might see in the commercial sector, like if you went to work for you know, a car company or you know, an IT company, a you know, commercial IT company. So you can learn skills that are translatable to the civil sector if you work at a product company. A service company, on the other hand, can have jobs that are very similar to the kind of job you had while you were on active duty. And so it may feel a bit more comfortable for you to take a service job that's much like what you were doing on active duty. So for example, there are service companies that provide war planners for CENTCOM. And if you were a war planner for CENTCOM and you you want to continue to be a war planner for CENTCOM after you leave active duty, you might take a job with a service company that provides war planners for CENTCOM. Now there are several problems with this, as I explained in the book. Problem number one is your contract is likely to be competed. So there's very little job security with that kind of a job. And you may find a short while after you get hired that your company loses the contract and you're out of a job. So that's problem number one. Problem number two, and I go into this in great detail in the book, is this concept of acquisition competition called Low Priced Technically Acceptable, or LPTA. Now the LPTA construct was created so that the government could craft competitions for commodities, like toilet paper and things like that, where you need an adequate level of performance, but anything beyond that adequate level of performance is superfluous and the government's not willing to pay for it. That's what the LPTA structure was created for. But over the course of the last decade or so, unfortunately, A lot of government service contracts, service contracts, have gone the way of LPTA competitions. So what does that mean? It means that the government considers your brain power to be a commodity. In other words, they're competing for the lowest-priced brains. And and as I point out in the book, I'm pretty sure our adversaries are not going to apply the lowest-priced brains they have to their next conflict. But unfortunately, the way a contract structure has evolved in defense world in particular, you might find yourself in a situation where your company has to lower your compensation in order to compete and win the next round of contracts. Now, I don't know about you, but when I transitioned out of the military, I wasn't thinking, boy, I want to go into a job where every couple of years I get a pay cut. It's certainly not what I was thinking. It doesn't happen every time, but the reason I describe this dynamic for you in the book is because I argue strenuously. You need to understand before you take a job what contract structure that job entails and whether you're going to be finding yourself in a situation a year or two down the road where your choice, it's a Hobson's choice, is either to accept a pay cut or lose your job. That happens, and as I point out in the book, at a time when the government is decrying the reduction in middle-class income in America and blaming corporate greed for that reduction in middle-class income, the government is working extra hard to push down the wages of its middle-class employees. That's a paradox, it's a travesty, and several people have tried to fix it including Congress, and so far there's been no fix in sight. It's something you need to understand. Hopefully one day it will get fixed, but until it does, you need to know about it. So that is all the material that's in chapter four. Of course, I go into a lot more detail. Next time, chapter five, I'm going to discuss 20 career options that you might find yourself competing for as you look for your future career in industry. I hope you find it useful, and see you in Chapter 5. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.